Welcome to the Story Monster Podcast. Welcome back, witnesses. Today, I will be doing a review for Candyman 2021, directed by Mia DaCosta, produced by Jordan Peele's Monkey Paw. It's been about 30 years I've been waiting for a remake. The world has been waiting for a remake of this cult classic. It's one of the few black horror icons that we have. They call this one a spiritual successor, right? I think that's accurate because this shit was dead on arrival. Um, All puns intended, by the way. (laughs) I really don't understand the buzz around it. See what I did there? Okay, let's get to it. Um, the movie was booty juice, and I'm not talking about the porno. I mean, the, the cinematography was on point. It was shot beautifully, hands down and all that. But it was trash, though. Like, watching it was like looking at a portrait or street photography. Like, it was very crisp. I mean, you can tell it's got a Hollywood production budget. Very modern and at times surreal. They definitely did a good job imitating the gritty atmosphere of the first movie from 92 while also capturing that minimalist furniture aesthetic of 2019. Like, I just felt like everything was just so basic and geometric in the apartment and shit. I was like, wow, they really are about that bougie artist life. Um, the opening of the film is like similar to the beginning sequence of Devil um, from 2010. But um, not only is everything reversed, but it's also upside down. So that was a cool effect, you know, and I was just like, wow, like, you know, they're really setting the vibe up. We get a flashback of the Cabrini Green projects back in the late 70s. Um, I wasn't expecting that so early, but that was kind of cool, recreating that whole scenery. Um, instead of focusing on Daniel Robitaille, Tony Todd, our Candyman, the OG Candyman, be my victim. Um, they give us a new victim, Sherman Fields. That sounds like some motherfucking cologne or, you know, I don't know what they was coming up with with this dude. Like, he wasn't in the original. They made him up just for this movie. Threw me the fuck off. You feel me? Um, he looked like a Walmart candy man or something from the dollar store. You know, it's always just a little, you know, cheap quality version of the... <laughs> <laughs> the premium toys that you buy from like a Walmart or Kmart or Toys R Us. If you, you know, if you're a millennial, you know what I'm talking about. And Buddy was wearing like this, um, he had on this Paddington the Bear raincoat and it creeped, it creeped me out. You know what I'm saying? He walking around humming and singing like Nipsey Russell or some shit. And um, the police think he gave this little white girl some candy with a razor blade in it. So they rush into a building where they heard a kid scream. They beat him and tortured him to death or whatever. You know, typical shit. You know, does the song sound familiar? You know, I'm getting tired of the whole preachy movie messages. And, you know, like, who the fuck are you talking to? Like your rich friends in your circle or your, you know, the racist people in Hollywood. You know, you're trying to take shots at them because... They don't want to acknowledge the struggle. I mean, who the fuck is like going to the movies to watch this shit? 
is on the screen for everybody to see from camera phones to black and white footage of people getting hosed down. Like, we know the black audience experiences it. White people see the shit too. Everybody sees it. It's just a matter of who cares, right? So it's like, you know, like we ain't got to shove that message down our throat. You know, we are decent people. There's decent people out here. You know what I'm saying? They care and do the work. It's like, I don't understand the point of this shit. You know what I'm saying? You ain't fighting a good fight. But anyway, I just came to the movies to see a vengeful specter killing motherfuckers to call his name five times. You know what I'm saying? And a side note. So Sherman Fields is like, I think he, you know, he had a handicap. Um, he had like a more typical rounded grapple hook to pick things up. And then when he died and became this new candy man, all of a sudden that rounded grapple hook became a big ass meat hook or fishing spear. And I'm just like, where the fuck are these ghosts getting these hooks? Like, is is there like a afterlife Amazon that's sending all these black ghosts that get killed by police? Meat hooks. Like, it's like he didn't have that shit when he died. And it's kind of funny how these ghosts are coming up with all these... Like, where they getting these clothes? Like, Candyman was the cleanest motherfucking ghost I ever seen in my life. You know, I saw that shit when I was like maybe seven, eight, nine years old. Once we'll see that shit. But, you know, I did. You know, stuff like that. Keep a, a young motherfucking lie. You know, <laughs> if you don't be good, Candyman gonna get your ass. You be like, yeah, ugly crying and shit. Like, I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna do my homework. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was kind of like an intimidation method. You know, you see Candyman. In the original movie, he chopped off a little boy penis. You know, you, you hear some shit like that. And, you know, it, it makes you want to be less rebellious. You know what I'm saying? So, fast forward to modern time. You got your boy, Yahya Abdul-Mateen. You know, the second. You know, he's playing an artist on the rise named Anthony McCoy. You know, it sounds like a cowboy name or some shit like that, right? Anthony McCoy is in town, the dangerous man, you know? But anyway, Buddy, he learns a Candyman myth, and he becomes obsessed, obsessed with it, um, as well as uh, breaking and entering abandoned houses. You know, I don't know what the fuck he owned, but that, you know, just because it's abandoned or condemned don't mean you got permission to go up in there, bro. So I'm going to need you to stop promoting breaking and entering. You know, you're lucky your ass ain't get shot, you know, if you're over there doing that shit. And, you know, everybody can see you. He like fucking seven foot five. <laughs> he not really that tall, but he really tall, though, right? Got on these bright ass clothes. Um, his wife, Brianna, um, is an art gallery director who was attracted to struggling artists, um, according to her brother, right? Like, she's she just like, you're always attracted to these type, you know, he need a job, blah, blah, blah. He was funny as hell. Her brother was the standout. Um, I think without him, this movie would have felt a little bit flat. Um, he also dropped some exposition for us. He's the one who um, told Yaya or Anthony about the Candyman urban legend, you know. So Brianna's father, he committed suicide when she was young. And she was right there. And I thought that was an interesting little tidbit about her history um it definitely influenced who she's dating right like her father was an artist apparently 
And he was also wearing a yellow sweater, eerily similar to the dollar store um, Candyman Sherman. And I'm just like, what's with this um, theme? This yellow jacket, yellow sweater, yellow coat. Like, Candyman, it's like a dark chocolate or brown coat or black coat or leather. And I'm just like, nah, they just focusing on yellow and shit. It's like they pirates or something. I don't know. But anyway, I, I felt like that plot point was worth exploring more. Yeah, I was just like, you know, how did that suicide that she wouldn't um, impact her life? You know, did she go to therapy for that shit? You know, if anything, you know, was it was his death connected to Candyman at all? You know, did he have mental illness? Is that something that she could potentially inherit? You know, how come we never saw her father's work? Like they said that there was like a storage unit with all the shit in there. And I'm like, is it significant to the story? If not, why the fuck you drop that? You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't need to know it's a storage unit with his art in there. Unless it's some horrible macabre shit like her boyfriend is making, Anthony. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So she had a waking nightmare that Sherman was in her apartment. Now, I had a problem with this. She didn't summon Candyman. Her boyfriend summoned Candyman. So why is she seeing this motherfucker in the apartment? Like, these are ghosts that are connected to the people that summoned them. You know what I'm saying? Like, they shouldn't be fucking with your average Joes, your civilians. Like, if I seen a motherfucker look like that, I'm breaking my lease. I don't give a damn how much the rent costs. I don't care about my credit. If I see a motherfucker that look like Sherman, I'm just leaving. He can have all this shit or I'll send a moving company to pack my shit up for me. You know, I don't play that paranormal shit, supernatural forces in your crib. And if I can avoid it, I will get the fuck out of here. I'm not going to try to call a priest or burn no goddamn sage. I'm getting out of Dodge. Something bad happened here, and it has stained this real estate property. No thank you. So anyway, uh, I don't know why Sherman made himself known to her. Uh, she didn't summon him. Um, meanwhile, her boyfriend, her beau, you know what I'm saying? Anthony's desperate. You know what I'm saying? He need to come up with some new shit for the show. Appeal to critics, you know. So he started making portraits of murdered black people. And I guess that's just the hottest shit, right? Like, I don't know why he thought that that was going to get him in the door, but apparently it did. People love suffering. I guess that's why slave movies always win in awards and people keep making them. Um, torture porn. People like that shit. It's a fetish. You know, do you. It ain't for me. I don't want to see no more slave movies. Um, yeah. So while he's painting pictures and nooses and shit. Um, you know, he decides, I need inspiration for my new art piece. Uh, I need to be more original. I need to be authentic because I'm an artist. You see, and we need to be more authentic. And what's more authentic than going to the poor and impoverished neighborhoods of Cabrini Greens? As you'll go to the remaining structures, break into them and take pictures of graffiti. And then copy it. What? No wonder your ass got stung by a bee. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck are you doing out here, bro? You ain't got nobody with you. You ain't got no backup. You ain't got no knife. You ain't got no gun. You ain't got no guys with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
You ain't got no escort, no security. What are you doing? You ain't even from here. Like, not for real. You know what I'm saying? Like, your mama moved you out, raised you elsewhere. And the fact that you didn't know that your ass was born in River North, that's sad. You know, I got a copy of my birth certificate. That's important. Um, as an adult, you know, to do certain things, you need that shit. So that was a little bit unbelievable. You don't know exactly where you were born. So, yeah, that was interesting. Anyway, a lot of people got killed in this movie. But not from a supernatural slasher we know. Like I said, it wasn't Daniel Robitaille, Tony Todd. It was Sherman Field. Sherman, Sherman, Sherman. We don't know this, dude. Like, the people who came to see this movie, they came to see Tony Todd. Not the Walmart version. Not the dollar store version. The OG. He still looked good, healthy, got the deep voice still. You know, you could even incorporate that into the story. Like, why can't he man look older than he did in the original movies? Well, people stop believing in him. So, you know, it kind of affects him. Like, he's decaying. He's losing the power. You know what I'm saying? So, and then as people start believing in him again, you know, you could de-age him. Right, getting back to that point where the original Candyman look, he looked younger. I'm gonna hit it myself. So Sherman is the one popping out the mirror and killing people. And I thought that was interesting because he's not fucking Candyman. Like he's not. And even though he was the one in the projects when um Dominic, whoever, the, the laundromat guy. Even though that was the Candyman when he was growing up, there was still the legend of Candyman. So it was a bit convoluted. You know what I'm saying? I know that you got your copycats and people trying to capitalize off the name, like the original gangster who had beat up Helen in the original movie. He was like, I hear you looking for Candyman, bitch. <laughs> then he showed up and like they jumped her and shit. That was messed up. Um, but that, that line is iconic. He, he should have made a cameo. Um, so you have people, you know, capitalizing off the mythos of Candyman. So it, the fact that they focus on Sherman and not all the other imitators and shit, that was kind of weird. But um, I guess him and Tony Todd tag teaming or something. He's like, yo, I killed some people last time they called Candyman. So why don't you go out there this time? You know, he didn't even speak. They gave him the, the Willie Lump Lump face. You know, like he looked eerily similar to um, he resembled Emma Till you know unfortunately um, the way they lynched him and it was very hard to look at on screen um, another inconsistency um, when we see Tony Todd um, in the original he I mean he was healed like he didn't have no bee stings and all this shit on his face the man had a wonderful um, skin routine I'm um, in the afterlife I I don't know what the fuck happened to Sherman. <laughs> Sherman just, he caught the worst of every goddamn thing. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know what the fuck was going on. Sherman hopping out, killing people now. Um, later in the movie, other people who have died are associated with the title, Mantle, um, in these little puppet snippets and shit. And through, like, you know, dialogue, they drop a lot of exposition to other people who are victim of police brutality and lynchings and, you know, it's, it's just a lot. And all of a sudden, you know, what are women in there either? I, I ain't trying to be no social justice warrior, but it's like women are victims of police brutality too. And why ain't no candy women? 
You know what I'm saying? And Helen from the original movie, she she became like a specter at the end. You know, spoilers for those. I mean, if you listen to this review, you, it's going to be full of spoilers. So, fuck you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like there there's no female black candy women. It's just like we focusing on the black men that died at Cabrini or victims or lynchings or police brutality. And all of a sudden, there's like this Avenger, you know what I'm saying? Like Green Lantern or Batman. Like it's just like passing down the name and role of Candyman. I thought that was cheesy as fuck. Like that was some professional wrestling type shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't like that shit. Um, maybe the spirits of all the victims got together and said, we need to get some big ass coats, prosthetic hooks. Then we gonna choose innocent black folks to get stung by bees that will then infect them with hallucination and horrified images of our deaths. That's me. Like, if, if your intentions are pure, like myself, you know what I'm saying? I'm per, I'm saved out here, right? But anyway, I'm like, why are y'all just choosing random motherfuckers to sting with these bees? And, 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 I know he was taking pictures, but bro, you can hear and see a bee that fucking big. That motherfucker looked like a hornet or a wasp. And you ain't see all the motherfucking ants on the ground. You need to pay attention. Like, your awareness needs to be a little bit better than that. So, as if people weren't already outraged, like, just two years ago, people weren't protesting and rioting over racism and police brutality and murders. Like, you come out with this shit. Like, to re-traumatize people. Like, we forgot overnight what it's like to be black or the injustices in the world. I don't know, I thought it was a bit distasteful. So as the story progresses, Anthony, you know, he got stunned by the bee. Uh, his condition starts to get worse. For some reason, he decides to go see his mom when he potentially has a flesh-eating virus or whatever the fuck going on. Like, shit is nasty. Um, he probably don't like her. That's what I'm gonna check it up to. Well, we don't know what their relationship was like growing up, you know, but I mean, if I got some type of infection in my hand that was causing necrosis or some shit, I'm not gonna see my favorite family member. I might go see the one I like least. The one I hate with the rage. Ooh, yeah, the rage is flowing through my veins, brother. But yeah, I, I wouldn't go see my mama. God rest her soul, beautiful person. I'm not gonna go see my mom with that shit going on in my hand. I'll stand outside her door and talk to her probably. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Call on the phone. But yeah, so turns out his mom is Vanessa Estelle Williams from the original Candyman. She was the mother of the baby that got kidnapped. And she reprises her role as Anne Marie McCoy, by the way. So I was like, oh, so it is, uh, it's not a spiritual successor like you're saying it is. It's a fucking direct sequel. So like you trying to, you know, play this line of, oh, it's a, it's a reimagining spiritual successor. It's a sequel. Own that shit. And that's why the story's all over the place. Because you want to be your own Candyman movie. I mean, let me monitor how many times I've said this shit. I don't want nothing to happen to your boy. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's like either you're a sequel or you're not, or not. So stop playing. So Anne Marie, she looking good. 
All right, Vanessa Williams been drinking from the Fountain of Youth. Drop Dead Gorgeous in her late 50s. I'm like, God damn. You know what I'm saying? Like, like what's her diet? I, I need to look that age, you know, when I'm in my, my, my mid-50s and shit. So, yeah, we're talking about bees, right? He got stunned by the bee when he goes see his mama. Perfectly normal if you think you're dying, I guess. Um, in the original film, or more so the second um, Candyman movie, they explain the significance of the honey, you know, the candy, the name, and the loss of his dominant hand that he used to paint. In this one, they don't really do a good job highlighting the relevancy of it all. Like, if it's your first introduction to this character, if I'm a first-time viewer, I would think the whole movie was about a demon-possessed bee that causes allergic reactions. The likes in which the world has never seen. Because they ain't explain shit, really. Like, Laundry Mat Man was, like, dropping exposition, but, like... You assuming everybody saw can you know the first two movies i don't count the third one because that was trash like that third one mm -mm, that wasn't cool i don't know who the hell made that but yeah because of anthony's art exhibit the urban legend has found new life a new life a bunch of people are getting slayed particularly the more affluent areas like they try to set it up like sherman was just killing white kids and white people but at a certain point, you know, you see the flashback of Laundry Mat dude when he was a shorty. He's also the dude that screamed that got Sherman killed and found out. He should have fucked him up then and there, but he wasn't a bad guy. That's what the movie's telling you. Like, he, you know, he just creeps around and giving out candy. Where the fuck he getting his candy? I don't know. But, um, yeah. So, can't, people are calling it the name five times, and they just happen to be white. And they getting fucked up. But then they show um, Laundry Mat dude, little sister, and her friend called when they were shorties and Sherman came out and killed them. So it's sending mixed messages. Is this motherfucking Avenger to just like racist, you know, killing white folks, but he killing black folks too? And I'm just like, mm, what is this about? You picking and choosing who you kill, like you judging somebody's soul, their character, because everybody called his name didn't get slayed. And it's just like, I don't know, it was very inconsistent. But at a certain point, the movie starts to be less about Anthony's plight and becoming a super zombie and more about benefiting from the disenfranchised. And they're like hitting you over the head with that message. Like, you're a hypocrite, you know? Like, no new lords added to the role everyone came to see, which is Tony Todd. Like, they don't explore how his powers work or, you know, why the fuck he got magic. Like, how is he able to stay alive in a mirror and shit? Like, did, did he have some type of sacred blood running through his veins? Like, because people die every day, even in fictional worlds. So it's kind of like, what made him so special that he was able to like project his consciousness or his soul into the mirror of his white lover and wreak havoc. Why five times? Why can't be three? You know, explain it. Like you could have elaborated on that shit, you know, the significance of the five, you know, was that his life path number? You know, was that, you know, what the fuck going on? So that would have been cool if they did that, but they didn't. You will return after a short commercial break. So... 
this man's hand is deteriorating at this point. And it gets so bad that later on in the movie, um, Laundry Madman cuts it off and there's no pool of blood or squirting from the arteries. Like his hand is just so decrepit at this point that it's just raising. You know what I'm saying? And that, that just didn't make sense to me, y'all. Like, I'm just, like, you don't lean to the gore half-assed throughout the movie. So let us see the blood. I mean, I get he passes out, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, but it's like, come on. Like, this shit is ridiculous. Like, he didn't react at all. He was in such a trance that he didn't react to this man. Sawing his hand off with a rusty-ass saw. What is with people dismembering folks with saws? Like, and they're not even surgical. They just like, oh, forgot about in the basement as saws. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, if he wasn't going to die from the blood loss, he was going to die from tetanus. All right? So that pissed me off. You know, just his transformation in general. It's like one of his eyes were glossed over like he died weeks ago. Side of his face looked like a bowl of honeycomb cereal. And I'm just like, yo, how how did it get to this point? Well, he just turning into a corpse or a zombie or his ass should be in jail. You know what I'm saying? Like he should be in jail because all these murders happened, you know, around his art. People or Sherman, more accurately, use the same slogan that was a part of his art exhibit. Say my name. It's like, really, bro? Like, that was a hashtag. Like, a real hashtag. And, you know, I just think it was weird that they put that in there. But back to Yaya's transformation. Um, he looked like Jeff Goldblum in The Fly. Like, his shit was just gross. Poor as big as hell out here. And I'm just like, why? Why is this happening? Like... I understand if it was like some possession type shit, like, oh, he's becoming the vessel for, you know, the original. Why is he turning into this super zombie thing? Like, I would understand they went with the route where it's like, oh, he's becoming the vessel for Tony Todd's, you know, Candyman, you know, and he's going to take over his body and his personality is going to be in his body or some shit like that. You know, you ain't got to call him in the mirror no more. It's like when Freddy Krueger get pulled out the, you know, the dream world. Now he's in the real world. You can fuck him up. You can physically interact and damage him, right? So I thought that's the route they was going, but they wasn't. I just can't. I don't understand what they were going for. Like, is it candy men? Or is it singular or plural? Because at this point, y'all got a bunch of motherfuckers out here in these bootleg-ass coats and these meat hooks. I don't know where they're getting from. Out here killing folks in the mirror. It's like a game. You know what I'm saying? And the movie had a bunch of jump scares, but after a while, they got too predictable. You know, it's kind of like those... Um, like Conjuring and Insidious movies where you just look in the background and you know you're going to see some shit. Like, oh, that's Sherman back there in that bright-ass coat. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, after a while, it's just like, oh, Sherman's just part of the crew, you know? <laughs> it's like, I'm not scared when I see this motherfucker no more. Not really. 
he don't say nothing. He just be wheezing. He don't be humming and singing no more. They became less effective because they relied on him too much. Just like those puppet sequences, I was just like, okay, like how many times are you gonna give us origin stories for victims of, you know, the police? You know what I'm saying? And I, you know, that was another element that I thought was a little bit unrealistic, like. Some police get killed in this movie. And it's like, you would think that the precincts would rush these areas and like cut everything off, you know, take everybody out the projects and potentially create more victims. You know, like they shoot and ask questions later. At least that's how they were portrayed in the movie. Um, that's neither here nor there, but I don't know, it's like, are you really trying to help the hood? Are you trying to save Cabrini? Or are you just trying to cause more black bodies to be disfigured during, during your game? You know, I don't know. But they kind of ended the movie abruptly at that point. I thought the runtime was far too short. Or maybe they just made some bad editing choices. I was just like, wait, this motherfucker just start floating around killing cops. And he physically transmogrified and, you know, from Yaya to Tony Todd and then he's just like tell everyone um, you didn't earn this you did not earn this there was no build up so the fact that this was supposed to be a payoff it, it fell flat tacked on like oh yeah yeah we should use his likeness um we paid him for it so let's throw it in there you didn't have him throughout any of the film at all and it's, you didn't set up like he had a disciple or cult or like, it's just like, why are y'all doing this? You know, it felt like my girlfriend put it, it felt like a student film inspired, you know, by, by Candyman, the movie. You know what I'm saying? It was just heavy handed woke messages weighed the whole narrative down. And it was just like, come on dog. Like how many of these movies we need to see? Like, Jordan Peele is kind of like getting stuck in um, this niche that he's created where it's like, there has to be social commentary and political correctness and all of this shit in the movie where it's like, I just want to see monsters. I just want to see ghosts and spirits and stuff. Like, why I got to be all that? I turn on my TV. I look at the news. I'm on social media. I remind it every single day of the bad things in the world, okay? It's just too much. I hope that if they make a sequel, that it's a true, like, reimagining and they distance themselves from this mess of a movie because I, I wouldn't even throw this in the same boat as Candyman. Like, name that shit something else, bro. Name it Sherman. Name it Dollar Stove um, Slasher. You know, don't call this shit Candyman. It's not. And I think I said that name way too many times. Lord help me. You know what I'm saying? I'm standing to this computer screen, and I hope don't know no Amazon meat hook come out and get me. You know what I'm saying? You ain't gonna have to catch my big ass, because I'm not about to stand around screaming and shaking and nah. Nah. I know it's a lot of reflective service, you know, surfaces and stuff. I may not get far, but he gonna have to work for that kill. You feel me? <laughs> that motherfucker gonna be floating down the street um, at Chicago off Lake Shore trying to get my ass. Unless he come out the water. 
But um, yeah, we already you know I already spoke about how Anthony was the baby that got kidnapped and saved by Helen. You know they could have had her make a cameo in some way as you know like I said she she was a specter. She became a vengeful spirit at the end of the original movie, and would have made sense too. It wouldn't have felt forced like. You know, do people say Helen's name five times and she pop up? And why does it have to be a hook? Why can't these motherfuckers have knives or AK-47s? I mean, y'all getting all these clothes in the afterlife. You can't get no modern weapons. I'm just saying, if you trying to kill, it's more effective ways to do it. Snipe a motherfucker through the mirror. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not, I'm not endorsing violence. So, you know, please don't think that's what that's about. You know what I mean? I'm just saying there's more effective ways to take out people who summon ya. There were certain images and references that I thought were re-traumatizing for certain audience members, uh, the black audience to be specific. Um, I don't think the movie was made for us. It wasn't made for me. Um, it's kind of meta, because in the movie they're talking about the art critics and, and what they want from black creators and how you know, they they want the artists to be more authentic and, you know, they want them to bleed and bear their souls and all this shit. I feel like that's what this movie was made for. Like the super woke liberal critics that are scared of being canceled. So they won't say anything bad about the movie because it has a black female director and they don't want to get canceled by black Twitter, who's probably roasting this fucking movie too, to be honest. So, but I will. I will talk about this shit. I ain't got no dog in this game. You know what I'm saying? I'm not scared of being canceled or all none of that bullshit because it's whack. And I don't think that just because you put a black woman's name on there that it's above reproach and criticism. And I don't know how much of this she played a role in. You know, there's certain behind the scenes stuff to go on. It was just too many cooks in the kitchen, you know? Like, it was written by her, Jordan Peele, and somebody else. And he also produced it. And she also directed it. So it was like a very small circle, but it was still too big. You know, it was like trying to be too many things at once. And it wasn't a cohesive soup. You know what I'm saying? It, it was it was some old boxed-ass, powdered, milk-ass. I don't know what this shit was, but it was not... It wasn't the movie I grew up watching. It wasn't a, a sequel that I would accept. You know what I'm saying? In the canon, the canon. Um, yeah, I ain't, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. I'll tell you this shit is wacky if I feel that way. I think this movie was insulting to all moviegoers present at the screening I saw. I mean, there was people getting up cursing. I never seen a room clear out so quickly after a movie. People were pissed. Do you hear me? Like, people were mad. I was confused. I was kind of like, hmm, I need time to process this. This man walked past like, you don't need time to process that bullshit. That was terrible. I'm like, damn. He took my process away. <laughs> like, this shit was crazy. A motherfucker was mad, silent. Like people, you usually when people leave out a movie theater, they're like, oh my god, that was great. Oh my god. Or they, man, fuck the shit, blah, 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 blah. That was the worst movie I ever saw. It was a little bit of that, but for the most part, people were very somber. They they were hurt. They felt betrayed. 
it's kind of like the movie started when it ended. You know, it's like they should have been doing that shit all along, but they weren't. And so I guess that's where a lot of the outrage came from. Like, this is the movie we came to see when can't, you know, Candyman floating around slashing motherfuckers. And we get to see most of it. Don't do the cutaway. Like, he's not Jaws, okay? Like, original Candyman, you know, when they did cut off screen and you don't see it, you hear him grunting and retching. You know, he's using the hook. You, you hearing the slashing and the bones cracking and, you know, squirting of, of organs spilling out and hitting the floor. I didn't really get this. It was just like a bunch of blood looked like syrup or some candy. And it's just like, yo, I want to hear somebody's fucking kidney fall out and splat on the ground. I want to see limbs being severed. I want to see bodies floating against the ceiling. You know, Freddy Krueger style, Nightmare on Elm Street. I, I want to see, I came to see a rated R movie, for real. And y'all, you know, picking and choosing, you know, oh, well, the girl getting her throat cut in the gallery was enough. No, it wasn't. The man getting dragged from the door was not enough. Sherman cut that screen in half. I want to see a person get cut in half like that. That's what I paid to see. And dove me at most, to be specific. And, you know, I don't know. It's like I've been seeing people on YouTube, too. You know what I'm saying? Like non-black or people of color giving this review like, oh, my God, this is great. And there are certain messages in here that, you know, that I thought were better explained by a black critics. So make sure you, go, you know, listen to a black critic for their review. And I'm like, just because you white don't mean you can't say this was some bullshit. You may not get all the cultural references or relativity, but you know that was some bullshit. It's just some of these critics, they think, oh, because they white, they can't say, I don't want to hear this woke shit. Oh, I don't want to hear about black people getting killed by police. And I get that. I do. But I was just like, yo, this was too much. You know, like the movie was just a downer, like. I'm not going to lie. It was like we all watched a puppy get ran over in the street. Then the driver pulled over, got out the car and pissed on the body. But he wasn't finished there. He proceeds to set it on fire. That's what they did to this Candyman movie. This franchise means a lot to me, in case you haven't figured that out by now. And many other people, black people. Okay, he is the only boogeyman, the most popular and well-known that black people have in American cinema. Maybe I haven't been around long enough. I'm only 30 years old. But as far as name recognition or lack of, most people I know only know Candyman. Other people, they got Frankenstein. He white. He got, you got Dracula. He European. Wolfman. Jason. Michael Myers, a.k.a. The Shape. Um, you got Leatherface. Freddy Krueger, Hannibal Lecter, Chucky, Ghostface, Norman Bates, Penhead, hell, even Jigsaw from the Saw franchise. Who we got? Candyman. That's it. That's all we got. And they fucked that shit up. I wouldn't be surprised if they did a reboot of any of those characters I named and they tried to, like, humanize them. Because, you know, that, that that's the trend these days. Like, let's take um, Leatherface and explore his... um. His non-binary identity. 
Yes, Leatherface wore makeup. Yes, he wore people's faces. Yes, he dressed in women's clothes. But we don't need no seeing him getting beat up and teased at school or his family shaming him for wearing makeup. And that's the reason he went crazy. And we don't need all that shit. His cousins was in love or his mom and daddy were, were actually related or you know, we don't need all that bullshit, man. Let's just leave these people as mis mysterious figures. Like, don't demystify your monster so much so that they're just wimps. Like, these are supposed to be bad guys. I don't care what their childhood was like. We're not supposed to sympathize with the villain. Not to this degree. So, I think there needs to be more black slashers, you know? Like, Candyman was created by Clive Barker. White man. You know, he ain't really ours, per se. You know what I'm saying? But I'm sure there are filmmakers and, and creators and screenwriters that have tried to pitch uh, more black monsters and slashers and stuff. And maybe it's just sitting in somebody's vault and hasn't been made for whatever reason. I don't know. But, I mean, we need more iconic monsters and characters to represent us. And clearly, Candyman ain't that no more. He just got us out here looking like chumps. I'm glad to see that he's not messing around with white women no more. In the original films, this man was just obsessed with white girls. I was like, damn, boy, you got killed because your, your obsession with white girls. And, and, and as a ghost, you still fucking with them. And they kill you every single time. Move on, bro. He need therapy. They ain't got therapists in the afterlife. Shit, he killed one of them in, in the second movie. And that's another thing. People getting killed, they didn't even summon this man. Inconsistent. I don't understand that. Once again, I don't need politics in my fiction. Please, please, stop it. Stop. Movies, for me, is a form of escapism. Sure, there could be a little sprinkle of social commentary and parallels here and there, but come on, man. Y'all got to do better. Stop trying to make a profit off the killing of black babies by police officers. Damn, if you're going to go this route, you should have just made him a, a, a superhero. The, the um, you know, fucking Avenger. Because that, that's kind of like how you presented him. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and it's like, where's this magic coming from? You know, if you're going to demystify and, you know, break him down and disassemble him, explain to me how a free man who was an artist got really fucked up by a mob and somehow was able to come back through summoning in reflective surfaces. I mean, if, if you're going to break it down, break it down all the way, okay? Or don't explain this shit at all. Let's, let us just go with it because we never really asked these questions until y'all posed them. You set up rules and, and you, you, all, you, all they had to do, me and DaCosta and them, all they had to do was follow what the previous film set up. It was that simple. And, and you missed the mark trying to add your own little razzle-dazzle to it. Put your own mark on it. If it's not broke, don't don't fix it. It's that simple. Whoever look in the mirror and call buddy, they get fucked up. It don't matter if you're white or black, man, woman, or child. Why did they break that rule? Why was Anthony, a.k.a. Yaya Abdul-Mateen, why was his girlfriend Brianna spared? I don't understand that. 
she's innocent how all the all three four five however many cops was there they were all wicked or a sin like i don't get how he's choosing these folks does candy man only go after racist cops i mean they like i said they didn't call his name um it's candy man in the physical world now because they saw him in the past you know candy man could appear invisible to those who did not summon him you just see the person body getting fucked up you know somebody getting slashed open and gutted and you like what the hell going on because you didn't summon him so you're not really at risk of getting got you wasn't present in the mirror you know what i'm saying when he was summoned so he didn't really mess with you but you probably got blamed for the murder because you was there you know what i'm saying so you know that ending was just wild it was too damn short it was abrupt the ending was like a somebody like walk in on a sex session you know, you got to rush and put on your clothes. Oh, oh, my God. You know, it was rushed, confusing. And didn't explain what the hell happened. You know, it, it was just, I don't know, man. It was all over the place. I've been ranting for quite some time now. I go on and on about this bullshit, to be honest. But at the end of the day, I didn't like it. If I had to give it a score out of 10, I would give it, hmm, let's see, out of 10. I would give this shit a 4.5 out of 10. I, I would. Now, I would watch this again just to see if there's anything I missed from my initial viewing. Um, but I don't think that's going to change my opinion. Probably boost it by 0.5. That's just average. A little bit less than. But, um, yes. Candyman 2021 was bad. I did not like it. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. If you got a problem with that, hit me up in the inbox at the Cinematic Witness on Facebook or on Instagram at the Story Monster. Email me, tvjeremy at storymonster.com. Let me know what you thought about the Candyman. Did you like it? Did you dislike it? Explain why or don't. But y'all be safe. Thanks for listening to the Story Monster podcast be sure to check out my other reviews on the storymonster.com and be sure to subscribe and listen where you like to listen to podcasts and if you got a little bit of spare change stuck in the cushion you know what i'm saying go ahead and throw that on the listen to support help your boy out you know maybe we can do a bit more production over here we can tell a little bit of stories of our own you know share with you some of the things that come from my imagination share some other writers work in the process that's it that's out thank you for listening there are tales to be told and i will bear